this new intro we've been doing where we kind of just talk for a little bit and then we get into the actual intro. You know? Yeah, and you already started the episode. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah of this is not the third time. Hello, welcome to the next episode of Track and Field. The next episode, this newest episode of Track and Field. I mean, it's also the next episode. That's true. And you know what? We're definitely not a week late recording this. Not at all. Uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's midterm season. Exactly. So, you know, we got a little bit busy, so had to podcast had to take us a backseat. Yes. So the podcast, unfortunately, did have to take a backseat. Uh, but unfortunately the champions league did not have to, and I had to witness, uh, the first leg of the track and field derby not go my way. Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like it was just a reflection of the form that both teams are in. Okay, okay, we'll get into that in a bit. We got a really <laughs> good show for everyone, because we got, not only do we have this week of stuff to talk about, but we have last week. Yeah. Double the content for the same amount of length of an episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I believe we should start off with track, of course, because yep. it is track and field, not field and track, not even field and field, as it's been for the longest time. Because guess what started <laughs> yesterday? What uh, winter testing? Yes, winter testing in Bahrain. Uh, yeah. So basically, what winter testing is is it's four days of AM and PM testing from all the teams. It's the first time we get to see the cars on the track. Uh, the teams do a lot of uh, different weird things with the cars. We'll get into that in a little bit. But more importantly, we finally got to see all the liveries on the track, and this is how this is what I've been waiting for so we can accurately like rank them and see how they really look because honestly renders can look really shit yeah I mean they can also make things look really good exactly but also it's the weird lighting you know some of them have don't have like a matte finish so it's a little reflections and you kind of miss out on a lot of stuff so you always wait for them to be on the track at a certain point so yeah so should we get into ranking deliveries I think we should so ever since we discovered that we can use Google Chrome while we're recording, it's opened up a whole list of new possibilities. Yeah, now we can be even more organized. Yeah, because that, that's what we are, is organized. Extremely so. So so organized that I just took a Twitter post from the F1 account <laughs> and I opened the images in new tabs. So on the first slide, we have Williams, AlphaTauri, Haas, uh, Austin, Aston Martin, not Austin Martin, hmm. and Alfa Romeo. And, uh, yeah, so if you, okay, let's start over. Okay. Yeah? Okay. Take two, take two on this raw footage that we're not going to edit. So you're going to have to hear <laughs> all of this. We have Williams, AlphaTauri, Haas, Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo. And then we have on the other picture, the big hitters, you know, McLaren, Alpine, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull. Now, if I use a little bit of magic, Yes. We can see them side by side. See what I'm doing? Wow. Yeah, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but Alex can see. So that's amazing. It's, it's like he's a technical mastermind. It's like I'm using basic uh, window controls in Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first thing that I noticed is that a lot of the cars, and this was coming along, this was like slowly being revealed as more cars were revealed throughout the, the month. There's a lot of exposed carbon this year. Yeah. There's a lot of just exposed carbon. I'm repeating myself, uh, <laughs> but a lot more than previous years. There's a lot more. There's a lot less paint. And I'm going to ask you, do you have any idea why that would be? Uh, is it to make the cars lighter? In a way, yes. It's a way to like save weight mm -hmm. and to make sure they're under a certain limit. So, yeah, that's the basic reason. And 
there's been a lot of discussion online about that. You know, should we sacrifice looks for performance? Or, you know, should we allow the cars to be a little slower for the sake of looking a bit nicer on the track? Like, what do you think? I think it depends on who you ask. Because if you ask someone who's, like, in the marketing department of F1, the company, then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we should definitely prioritize looks over the product um, just to make it seem more polished, make it seem more professional, and so that we can, like, attract a bigger audience. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at it solely from, like, a fan or, like, a mechanics standpoint, I would want to say that they would prioritize performance over looks. Yeah, I mean... Personally, from my perspective, I like both. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I liked about, you know, looking at old replays is that there's so much personality in the cars. Like, I remember, like, a few years ago in 2018, I was watching clips from that. You had the red Ferrari, the silver Mercedes, the dark blue Red Bull, the yellow Renault, the pink uh, race uh, Force India. Mm -hmm. It was very distinctive, and I really liked that. And I think, you know... Obviously, it's hard to do... Okay, let me reframe my thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very hard to d be super unique with exposed carbon. And it's very hard to really, I don't know, show your personality with one exception. And we'll get into that in a bit when we do the rankings. But overall, I don't know. It, it feels kind of bad because they kind of look similar. And not every team did the black very well. Yeah, not I was noticing that... Oh, sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah, we'll get into it when we get into it, but yeah. So I, I guess, as I just said, we should get into it. Yeah, we should. So for me, the worst, by far the worst livery this year, probably the Alphatari, honestly. Yeah, I was thinking Alphatari or Haas because they both look so similar and so basic. Mm -hmm. I think, okay, for me, I just dislike the way they implemented the red on the Alphatari. Mm -hmm. I mean, Orlan obviously paid a lot to get their color onto the car, so it was going to happen regardless. But just the way it was implemented, and the, the we're looking at side profiles of the cars right now, the entire nose is white as yeah. well. It looks hideous from the front profile. I just hate this livery so much. Uh, I'll get into the Haas later, but I actually have that a bit higher. Because okay. I don't think simplicity is necessarily bad, but I don't know. I just, I like how big the Alphatari logo is. Mm -hmm. I like how bold it is, but just the nose looks so bad from okay. the front. It, it, ugh. All right. Uh, second worst. <laughs> I want I want you to go first. Um. Let's see. This will also help you guess which car is which. I think... I which one is the one with the pink on the side? The Alpine, this one right here? Yeah, the Alpine. I don't like the combination of the, you know, the, it's not hot pink, but just like the pink color with like a darker blue. Yeah, so the pink is come, coming from the BWT sponsorship, mm -hmm. uh, Better Water Technologies, and the blue comes from Alpine in general. Yeah. The thing is, for the first three races this year, they're running an all pink livery. So all okay. the blue is actually pink. It looks a lot better. They call the Al Pink. I was oh, that's a funny name. Yeah, I was about to say I would much prefer like an all pink or like an all dark blue one. Yeah, but the combination of the two, I just think, does not look good. Yeah, it's just honestly, I don't think the color combo is bad. Like it was growing on me at the end of last year, but just the way it was implemented, this especially with the black, there's just it, it's kind of an eyesore, low key. Yeah, uh, that's also 
going to be my second least favorite. Uh, I don't know. I just... It's, something's not working with it. It needs something, but it's doing too much. Like, yeah. It's hard to tell on this image. Actually, I can zoom in. Whoa. It didn't do anything. <laughs> but they kind of have this weird design going on in the back. They have that on their regular cars, Alpine. Okay. But it kind of looks like it's an infection spreading onto the rest <laughs> of the car, which is kind of metaphorical when you think about all the exposed carbon coming to all the new cars. Mm. Mm. All right. Coming up next, my third... My seventh place, P7, uh, has to be the Red Bull. Now, this might be a little controversial or whatever because, honestly, it's not a bad livery. No, it's like, not. It's really good looking, and there's a reason why they've kept the same car f- since 2017. Mm-hmm. But that's the issue, is that they've kept the same car design since 2017. Yeah. The most they've done is a bit of color changes, and their rear wing plates are a little lighter blue. Uh this is something to do with testing. Uh, there's a little bit of green on the car, but that's not part of the actual design. Okay. But I don't know. They, they haven't done anything different. And for that, I'm going to dock at points. It's not because <laughs> I'm a D1 Red Bull ra- racing disliker. <laughs> not because they're not, but they, they, I just want them to do something different. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about like some soccer jerseys where it's just like, you know, I get that it's like tradition. But you do have to shake it up every once in a while. You can't just be putting out the same product and then slapping a ninety dollar, ninety pound price tag on it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, F- Ferrari knows this very well because they've always been the red car, right? Mm-hmm. But they've always done something slightly different. Yeah. Like even if it's like the most minuscule thing you'll ever see, it's still something different. It's a lot different for Red Bull. So is Red Bull your seventh place as well? Um. Hmm. That's a good question. Mm, you can see the wheels turning. In a yeah. Now. Well, I mean, I haven't had a lot of time to think about a, a ranking. Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot here. No, yeah. Because, like, you got, uh, I'm thinking about my rankings in real time. Um, and I guess I would say that either Red Bull or maybe... This is amazing to watch in real time. I guess Mercedes would be my really? P7. Yeah. Really? Um, oh, you're going to catch some flack for that. Yeah, but I don't know a lot of Mercedes fans, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> Ooh, he's getting in closer. I'm just not sure if I like um, the placement of the silver trims. The silver arrows? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's not my favorite way that they've done the uh, silver arrows before, but I don't know. I'll, I'll explain more when it comes to me. Yeah. So for P6, what do you got? I'm going to put you on the spot again. Hmm. P6. Hmm. I'd probably say... He's getting even closer. He's looking closely at the images. It's it's a little unfair that I <laughs> I put this images on screen when we got here. Uh, the Aston Martin. Really, yeah, Aston Martin would be P six. P six. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Why is that? I'm curious. I don't know. I just the British Racing Green doesn't do it for you. Really? Nah, not really. And like, I guess. I'm fine with the yellow bits. 
because mm. I think that's an interesting color to have as a trim. It's a, like a pretty big contrast. Um, but yeah, I'm just not. I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know what I don't like about it, but I just. It just you just don't, don't like vibe it. with it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, for me, P6 would have to be the Haas. Uh, I want to like this livery a lot, but there's something weird about the side profile that I'm not a big fan of. There's something interesting about this livery, though. On the side profile, the car looks black. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it from above or from the front, it looks white. Really? It's kind of reminiscent of the 2018 Renault, where on the side it was black. But if you looked on it like straight on, it was yellow. Uh, I don't know. It's just something about it. I don't dislike it, but I also am not in love. It just There's something with it that I just don't vibe with. I can't explain it. Maybe it's the way it's kind of stripes on the back there, right, right underneath the MoneyGram logo. I mm -hmm. don't know. I don't know. Not my favorite thing Haas has done, but yeah, that's about it. P5, I have to go with McLaren. Uh, I'm kind of over their use of the blue. Like, okay, it looks a lot better than last year's, I will mm -hmm. say. The black kind of... They used black on their car last year, but this year it kind of works a little better uh the side profile is not the best for it honestly but i don't know i'm kind of over the blue that they're using because they they use that for a one-off livery in monaco two years ago mm -hmm. in collaboration with golf the only issue is golf doesn't sponsor them anymore oh. they now sponsor williams so it's a little weird that they're keeping the light blue i wish they would have gone back to maybe just the papaya orange and black like mm -hmm. they used to i think that looked really nice I don't know. I I I want to like it more, but eh, I don't know. Okay. Um. I guess my next one would probably be. <laughs> I guess Haas. I don't know. It's just kind of basic. Seems like a very middle of the pack, very safe option that they went with. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking these as if they're like bad liveries, but realistically, this is like. No. P5. It's yeah. like halfway through. They're better than half the half I, the other cars. I think like all of these cars look good in their own way. It's just <laughs> that I like they all have tiny bits that I like. Of okay. Them, okay. Is what I meant to say. Um but it's just like some of them just look better and unfortunately you have to put some in like the middle to low tiers cuz it's just yeah. like that's what happens with ranking. Yeah. All right, moving on to P4. I'll leave it off to you again. P4. I'm trying to think of the ones that I've already said. So you've already... You've taken off Alpine. Yeah. You've taken off Alphatari. Yeah. Haas. Yep. And Aston Martin. And Mercedes. And Mercedes. Okay. So you have Alfa Romeo. You have Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, and Williams. I think I'll go Red Bull. All right. That's respectable. Yeah. I think... It's very same, very similar with Haas, where just you know it's like a very safe option that they've gone with, not a whole lot of creativity on it, mm -hmm. and it's just like you know, it is what it is. And you know us, we're like professional graphic designers. We have the most valid opinions. Exactly. On these I took one, uh, took media one gander, design. took one gander at a sad profile, and that's he's, yeah. I mean, I do like the large Oracle sticker on the side. I don't know. It's kind of, it, it's got weight to it. I don't know what it is. Mm. I kind of vibe with that. Okay. But I don't know. Personally, my next one. Okay. Uh, 
probably Alpha Romeo. I don't know. Okay. I, again, I really want to like this livery too, but A, steak. Mm. Steak sponsorship. Mm -hmm. I just, ugh. B, it's missing something. Like maybe if you had like a white stripe or something on the divide or whatever. It looks nice on track, but the Alfa Romeo script doesn't really pop mm -hmm. uh, for me. And it's just, it's kind of lacking. I mean, I'm okay with simplistic designs. I think simplistic can work wonders. I mean, it's worked for Ferrari since their inception. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. I want to like it. I just, I'm not as excited about it as a lot of other people are. So, mm. yeah, it's a little unfortunate, but it, it's still, it's a very good looking car, I have to say. Yeah. Like, it's a shame, though, that it has to be at the back of the pack because it is an Alfa Romeo. So. <laughs> All right, moving on. Ah, ooh, this one's a little tough for me. I'm going to have to go with Williams. Okay. Okay, these, these next few are pretty close, though, mm -hmm. for me. I, actually... Yeah, Williams. Uh, I like this. I Honestly, I like this a lot more than last year's. I think they use their kind of geometric blue a lot better. That Duracell sponsorship incorporation is genius. It is. I'm, I hope that, that the uh, designers who looked at that and thought and created that, I hope they pat, pat themselves on the back <laughs> for that. It's, it's, it's so simplistic, but it, it brings a smile to my face. Um, I don't know. There's some red on here. I feel like if they brought out the red a little more or actually, no, what they have is pretty good. I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe if they brought back some of that old uh, Williams yellow, it'd look a little better. Okay. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of speaking out of my ass low key, but <laughs> I like the car. It's just, again, it's such a shame that it will be at the back of the pack because it is a Williams and they have been, dog water since the beginning of the modern age at least they're gonna lose in style and at least they're gonna lose with an american as well that's true with uh yeah so what about you what's your next one i would say okay so right now i still have ferrari mclaren williams and uh alfa romeo yeah i believe that my next one is going to be alfa romeo all right because I like the shade of red that they have, and I like it's the a way. Very nice crimson. Yeah, I like the way that it's paired with the black, but I just feel like there needs to be a little bit more red. I feel like from the side profile, at least that yeah. we're looking at, it's very black dominant. And yeah. you know, usually when I think of Alfa Romeo, the first thought I think of, or like when I think of the cars, is that like crimson red that they have, mm. and that's the color that I most associated their cars with. And so to see that being kind of overshadowed by the black part of the car, at least on the sides, is a little bit like disheartening for me. And I would imagine for like a lot of other um, casual viewers of F1 yeah, who maybe. know about uh, Alpha. Yeah, I could see that. And so, you know, I would, I, though, that's really the only complaint I have about that yeah. design, I mean, though. If you look at it from the front view or the top view, the, the nose has a lot more red. As okay. You can kind of see from the side view. Yeah. Uh, it looks a lot better from not the side view, but then again, I feel like when you're watching, you're mostly going to be seeing the side view. That's true. So, I think, personally, I think the side profile is the most important. That That's just me. Mm -hmm. So, that's why I think it's better to gauge them based on that. So, that's yeah. Fair. That's me. Uh, moving on, I'm gonna go this time. I'm gonna go shake up the order a bit. Ooh, ooh. Uh, 
I'm going to go with Aston Martin. It's a beautiful car, I think. The British Racing Green looks so good on the track, I think. Uh, the Lime, at first I wasn't a fan of it. I was just, I don't know. They, they Their first year they had like a pink sponsor. Not a lot of people like that, but I did for some reason. Mm. Uh, they were sponsored by BWT at the time. But I don't know. It, it, just, it just works. It, it's just beautiful color. They don't really need to do anything with it. Uh, they can easily scratch off some of the paint and it would look fine because they have a really good like separation between the green and the exposed carbon. That's another thing. This car doesn't have a lot of exposed carbon. Oh, okay. Like there's a lot of paint on that, which will that stay throughout the season? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, Fernando Alonso is probably like GP2 engine. You know, he's going to scream that again when they're, <laughs> when he realizes that he switched from a uh, a powerful Alpine to... A disappointing Aston Martin. Yeah. We'll get into that later. But, yeah, just overall, I like it. It's just a solid car, I yeah. think. It's beautiful. It's, again, a shame. It's a middle-of-the-pack car. Unfortunate, but it is what it is. There you go. Um. Okay, so for my first podium spot... Um, are we on the top three? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. So no, my no, this is your four. No, this is... This is my I'm third place. stupid. Yeah. So for my third place car, I am going to go with Ferrari. And the reason for that is because I think with this current livery, Ferrari is doing what Alpha should have done with Mm -hmm. the proportions between the red and the black. And um, because the Alpha livery is much more red dominated, which makes a lot of sense since like Ferrari is the red car. Yes. Um, and I love the combination between red and black. I think it's a great pairing. Um, and yeah, like I said earlier, just like it, it, it's doing what Alpha should have done. And that's why I put it above Alpha and above like a lot of the other cars because it just looks great. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, do, do your second place. Do your second place. My second place is McLaren. McLaren. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, and I actually do have a little bit of reasoning for this. Is it is it the uh, wheel covers? No, it's not the wheel covers. Okay. So, um this car was or this livery was based off like the old 24 Le Mans, right? Yes, the old like yes. Yeah. And so I have a little bit of a bias towards that car because um a long long time ago I got this like tiny little Lego set that was of that 24 Le Mans car. Have I car. seen that set? I think I've seen that set before. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's a really old set. But um, I got a set of that 24 Le Mans car. And oh my God, it was like one of my favorite little sets that I had. So cool. Um, it just looked great. And so like I, of course, have like a bias towards that car. And um, I like the new spin that McLaren have kind of put on it with... Um, this livery that they have now by um, not making it entirely blue and orange, but kind of having like the blue and orange accents with the black uh, background. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So while he was talking, I pulled up the old, uh, the Monaco livery that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. That's what kind of started the McLaren uh, with the light blue. They've kind of kept that accent ever since. I mean, this is a beautiful one-off that they had. Yeah. Like, this car is just absolutely beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. 
And I like the that one, the one from Monaco, more yes. than the livery yes, that they me have too. now. Me too. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I want to like it, but I'm so over the orange and yellow, especially mm. since they're not sponsored by Golf anymore. So. Yeah. All right. So by second place, okay. It, it, it had to happen at some point, right? My mm-hmm. bias had to kick in. I have to go with Mercedes. I think the difference between Mercedes and Ferrari is so, so small for me. I like both of these liveries a lot. Uh, I believe it was two years ago, Mercedes ran the ran a similar livery, like an all-black livery with the uh, Patronus teal highlights, mm-hmm. and it looks beautiful. This as well. Uh, it really allows for the driver's helmets to pop, especially Lewis Hamilton's. You know, he has a bright, like, electric yellow helmet, and it looks mm. really good in the cockpit. Uh, not so much George Russell's car, because it kind of has the green highlights, which are kind of weird. Okay. But what I liked about their reveal is that they were just blunt about it. They're like, yeah, it's all black for performance. They they didn't try to, like, put a spin on it, say, oh, we've always kind of wanted to do a black car or whatever. I'm kind of copying off a ranking that I watched last night with that reasoning. <laughs> but, yeah. And I mean, th- they've done it before, so it, it, it and it works. Yeah. It works. It, it it just works. <laughs> it does. So I really like that. All right. So our number one liveries. Should should I gush over over the funny red car, or should I let you breathe a little bit and talk about the uh, Williams? Nah, gush over it. You know, you, no, you do the Williams because I, I I don't want you to be like you know they say don't follow up a better act. Because <laughs> I'm gonna make like a five-page essay, you know, like <laughs> seminar. You know, I'm just gonna like read poetry, and you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I don't know. I just really like the blue, you know." <laughs> well, I do like the shade of electric blue that uh, Williams has this year, and you know, I've talked about how I love this car on like a, a, a previous episode when we like first saw like the the photo shoots of it. Where they were like sitting in like an empty warehouse or whatever. Those were renders, but yeah. Yeah, the renders. I talked about how much I liked this car when we saw the renders of it. And, you know, I'm just going to echo a lot of the same ideas. The shade of blue that they have mixed with the black with like the geometric shapes that they have on the car, I think just looks great. And then, of course, like you said as well earlier, the Duracell logo, incredibly creative. <laughs> Um, I love that. It's kind of like, it's a bit cheeky and I like that. Um, but yeah, overall, I just think it's a great looking car. I love how it's not just one shade of blue the entire time. Um, how it kind of changes and how there's like a bit of black mixed in with it. I don't know. I just like it a lot. Yeah. All right. So my number one. Is the uh, racing team from Maranello, mm-hmm. uh, Ferrari. No, no one could have seen this one coming. No definitely one. not. This is definitely not the reason why I was excited for Valentine's Day last weekend. <laughs> you know, I actually made on my story, I made a post. Because you know how like, couples do their like, happy Valentine's Day post. You know, it's like a all artsy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I did that, but with screenshots of this car. I don't nice. know if you remember it. I, I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the SF25. Just looks beautiful, I think. A lot of people aren't actually the biggest fan of it because of like the uh, the way the carbon is exposed, which, okay, I can see that, especially on the SIVA logo. Mm. I can see where some of the discomfort comes from. But, man, I liked the uh, deep shade of red they went with last year, but it's nice to see the scarlet come back. And nice. just, I don't know, the way they uh, use the 
exposed carbon on the rear fin and they added the little Italian flag there. It just pops. It yeah. pops really well. And I love the red on the uh, front wing and on the rear wing too. It just, it, it it's, it's nice. And I love that they went back with it. You also can't see it on this view, but on the rear wing, they actually had the Ferrari logo on the back, which, oh, that's cool. thank God, they put something on the back of that rear wing. And I was like, I don't know what they're doing with like sponsorships, why they don't have anything on the back there, but at least they put something on there. Yeah. And this, I just, I'm in love with this car. It looks beautiful and it'll look even more beautiful when it's leading every single race. <laughs> That's definitely going to happen. Yes. I'm, and oh boy. Believe us. Well, you should definitely believe me. I'm not biased. And I definitely don't have serious trauma over some of the races last year. I'm definitely not. That'd be stupid. No. Wow. That took. That's like 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a little insane. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, that's our list. If you don't like it, well, you're wrong. <laughs> um, objectively, most of the cars, most of the cars incorporated the carbon nicely. A lot, but when they missed, they, they really missed. Yeah. Unfortunately, like Alpine especially. Yeah. AlphaTauri just, I don't know what the hell you're doing, man. I, ugh. Thank God it's a slow ass car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. I did mention earlier that some interesting things happen when uh, during winter winter testing. Mm -hmm. So because it's testing, you know, they're not going for super fast times or whatever. They're trying to see what they can get from the car. Yeah. So there's three things I want to point out. And I definitely am not pointing these out just because I saw them on the F1 uh, Instagram page. Definitely not. <laughs> So sometimes you'll see the cars running with these like metal grills on the side. They look kind of funky. They honestly kind of freak me out a little. I don't know why, but they just kind of do. Mm -hmm. That's so the engineers can measure the airflow going through. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and they can put it on several sides. Like they can put it on the on the nose. They can put it on the side pods. They can put it on the rear wing. Uh, I can try to get an image of it. Uh, F1 winter. Yeah, I'm just gonna narrate my uh, search here <laughs> f1 winter testing metal grills not that like i can even like show the people listening to this but it's mainly to show alex it, they, they kind of look like yeah it looks like scaffolding it looks like scaffolding it just looks really strange and it honestly does freak me out for no good reason i don't like it ready 2023 Oh, uh, that, that just doesn't have anything on it. Wow, that's cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And earlier, I mentioned how there was, like, some green on the Red Bull. Oh, well, wow. actually, what they do, they spray paint parts of the cars, right? With, like, and the way it dries is another way for them to measure the airflow. Yeah, because, oh, okay, so they, like, spray it, let the car drive, and then before it dries. No, no, like, it's drying in the way that the air is flowing. Yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. a more visual representation. Yeah. And it's an interesting idea. Uh, it looks hideous. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's like bright green on these cars. And they just, you know, and it, I get it. You know, I get it. It's all technological. And plus it's winter testing. Yeah, we, they're only doing this during the, it's yeah. not like they're going to be this way on race day. We can't even watch it without subscribing to F1 TV, which is the sucky part. Can't watch winter testing? Yeah. Oh. I was trying to find figure out a way last night. Can't. Damn. But if we were in England, uh, Sky Sports TV is uh, broadcasting it mm -hmm. all the time. Anyways, so there's that. And there's another 
low known thing, low known, unknown, little tested. I'm speaking nonsense. Oh my god. Little known. Little known. Yes, that's 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 what I was trying to say. It's called sandbagging. Sandbagging. Yeah, it's basically none of the teams are really trying to show the full extent of their car until oh, the yeah. first race because they don't want to give their opponents, you know, too much knowledge yeah. before. Because they're still making constant changes. They're still adjusting their rear wings. They're doing a lot with the cars all the time. So they sandbag a little in the beginning to just to make sure that they're not giving too much away. But they can still do enough to gather some really good data. Yeah. So, yeah. So, speaking of changes. 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 We're going to not talk about the Premier League that much today. No. We're going to talk about two... two you know what? You do this transition. I, I, my, my brain. God. Well, I don't even know what you're trying to transition to. I don't even know. I, we're going from track to field. We are going from track to field. Okay. Yeah. See. Boom. You should do transitions. You should do transitions from now on. Well, I have to know what we're transitioning to and from, though. You, what? You can't read my mind. Ah, uh, my bad. Yeah. That's next time. Bad. Next time. Obviously. Obviously. So, we have a lot of news coming out. For this episode, we're going to focus specifically on the UCL, the mm -hmm. UEFA Champions League, and uh, the the MLS. Yeah, yeah, that league exists, yeah. and it's about to start again. It starts back up this weekend, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, but before we get into that, I have to do my due diligence. So yep. over the over last week, the first round of uh, Champions League matches went underway for the first leg. Yep, and the track and field derby had its first leg. Yep. And it was all, it was in Dortmund, you know, and the good stadium that I don't know the name of. Signal Iduna Park. I'm not going to say that. The home of the black and yellow. Well, if you can't say that, then you can just say the Westfalenstadion. Oh, yeah, that's easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, in short, Chelsea lost. Yes. Was it 1-0? It was 1-0. It was 1-0. Oh, God. Uh, as a punishment... I have to sing the praises of, okay, tell me the full name of the club, and I will try my best to pronounce it. Ballspielverein Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> Say it again. Ballspielverein Borussia Dortmund. Ballspielverein. Ballspiel. Ballspiel. Ball. Ball. Spiel. Spiel. Verein. Ballspielverein Borussia Dortmund. There, I said it. Yeah. There, boom. Uh, BVB 09. Yeah. <sighs> they played like a symphony. You know, they were just, all the moving parts were just in lock. Their manager, I know his name. Edin Terzic. Yeah. Thank you, voice inside my head that said that. That You're was an Alex. <laughs> 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 yeah, they, they played really well. Their their goalkeeper is... Gregor Kobel. Out of his mind is what he He's is. So He's so good. He's so good. And this... It was. They played really well. There's not much to really say. They capitalized on Chelsea's mistakes, especially with their, with the game-winning goal. Yeah, man. Why would man. you have Enzo as your last defender? He's so slow. Okay, so we're getting straight into the Chelsea shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what decided the game? Which, by the way, the game was really entertaining. It was. It was very back and forth. Yep. On any given moment. It was either Dortmund or Chelsea that was that had full control of the game. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
especially for a game that only had one goal, you would have felt like it would have had a lot more. Yeah, I remember texting you like right before halftime. I was like, "There's no way this game stays scoreless." Yeah, and I was uh, right technically, uh, but I mean, only uh, one goal, which was a bit unfortunate because Chelsea had a lot of great chances, uh, especially Joao Felix. Felix had like three amazing champion champions chances. But I think there was some like voodoo dark magic or whatever with him. Something he like seems that. cursed because in the first game he played for the club, he got a red card and was suspended. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is the second match, right? This is no. No. Although this is the second match in a row where he's had really good chances yeah. that he's effed up. Fucked up. I can curse on this. Yeah. I can curse on this. This is an explicit podcast. Exists. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like as frustrating as another certain German striker that we have on our on our club that mm. when he messes up. I don't know. I feel like when Felix messes up, it's a little more forgivable. Yeah, because he hasn't been with the club as long. He's still meshing with all of his teammates. And he's still young, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he had a lot of really good chances. Unfortunately, none of them uh, connected. Uh, who, was the, who, was, who scored for Dortmund? Kaim Adeyemi. Yeah, so basically what happened, he intercepted a pass, right? Like a really weird pass? No, it was off the corner kick. It was off a corner kick. Mm -hmm. Dortmund got control, and Chelsea were caught out of position. And for some reason, uh, the young... Was the... It was Enzo Fernandez? Mm -hmm. Enzo Fernandez, the uh, 180, whatever, most expensive player in England ever, was left to be the only defender, which was really unfortunate because, A, he's not a defender. B, he's... We haven't seen his... He's not at his full potential yet. Mm-hmm. So he's not really the best last line of defense. And he made a really good fake out on our, on Kippa and hit the net. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that? Karim is so fast. He's literally the fastest player in Bundesliga history. Yeah. Like, since like a uh, recording of that stat has started... He is he is literally the fastest player in the league. Yeah, and this started uh, this continued Dortmund streak of not losing since the new year has begun. Well, not only not losing, but they've won every single game. Yeah, which is really impressive. Yeah, it is. Like, allow me to share their praises. Yeah. God, this this pains me. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, realistically, that was only like one, and both teams looked pretty good. Yeah. It looks like a very evenly matched, and we're going back to Stamford Bridge, not next week, the week after. Next mm-hmm. week we have, uh, what is it, the Emirates Cup or whatever, the FA Cup. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because I was looking forward to definitely not watching UCL in the middle of uh, my three-hour lab. Nah. I don't do that. Nah. No, I'm an academic, I'm an academic weapon. Yeah. English is my first language, you know? Yeah. 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 But overall, that was that match. Is there anything more that needs to be said about that? Oh, I do want to give a quick shout out to the uh, Dortmund supporter section. They had a beautiful tifo at mm-hmm. the beginning. Yep, I really liked that. It was it was great. Yeah, the Champions League nights in Dortmund are fantastic. Yes, I mean there's been a lot of cool tifos around the UCL. Like, oh yeah, uh, for sure. PSG had a really cool one with uh, it was like a one piece reference. It was yeah, and it took up like a bunch of the stadium. Yep, it was really sick. Okay. This is the one time I'll say anything good about AC Milan. Their TIFO was insane. Yeah. They took up three quarters of the stadium of San Siro. And it was basically just saying, we've never left you. We're still with you, which is really cool because AC Milan's been on a very 
bad streak lately. Yeah. They've fallen out of contention of the top three. They've really just hit the bin as of late, ever since 2023 hit. The break was not kind to them. But to see their supporters still out there with that magnificent TIFO that they had, mm-hmm. I'm commenting on it in praise of it, so it had to be good. Yeah. But yeah, that was beautiful. You know what else was beautiful? What? All three Italian teams won. Nice. So Napoli, AC Milan, and Inter Milan all won their leg one matches. And I think that's I think that's really interesting, low-key. Well, <laughs> I mean, you got to keep in mind the teams that they're playing. Okay. Napoli so played against Eintracht Frankfurt, a team who is not in the best form. And granted, they are Europa League winners from last season, but they just like have not been the same team for a while. And um, especially this season, where they haven't been the same team. Uh, so and then Napoli, you have one of the mis- most informed teams in the entire yeah. continent, going up against them. So it's like no surprises that Napoli won that game. Yeah. And then you have AC it, Milan going up against Tottenham, which that was a pretty close game. Yeah, but it's Tottenham. Yeah, it's okay. As much as we harp on Tottenham, they're not a bad team. No, they're not. But they're but, not. But they're the Tottenham. They have Harry Kane. They they they, they can't win. Yeah. And I mean, then, um, they have some great players, but like, you know, it's it's not England's strongest team. That's Chelsea. Exactly. Um, and then Inter played against Porto. Yeah, and then Porto is like probably one of the, or they're definitely one of the best teams in Portugal right now. Yes. And, and like over the entire course of the league history. I feel like they're actually pretty underrated, if I have to be honest. Oh, absolutely. They gave Inter a run for their money for a lot of that time. Uh, the, the match was pretty close until uh, the unlikely but always kind of there when you least expect him, Romelu Lukaku, the Chelsea Loney. <laughs> uh, scored the game-winning goal, and it was beautiful seeing San Siro erupt from that goal. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about the uh, difficulty of the opponents, and you know your arguments are valid. But I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna comment on the fact that that's three separate games that the Italian teams won, and I think that's that's an impressive stat, especially when you com- especially when you compare the recent history of Italian soccer. You know, the Asuri haven't been present in the World Cup in, what, 8, 16, 12 years? Well, they were there in 2014. 2014. So yeah. They haven't been there as of late. And honestly, Serie A, from what I can tell, hasn't been super strong. It's back on the up, though. Yes, they're, they're having a resurgence. So if the Italian teams can keep this form up, I think that'll be really good for the Peninsula. Oh, and yeah, it would sure. really shake up the uh, global standings. Yeah. Now, moving away from that. I think there was a really good, high-quality uh, pinnacle of soccer game that we were able to watch this week. Uh, can you guess which game I'm thinking of? No. You really? Yeah. Oh, I know which game you're talking about. Yeah, he's talking about Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Yeah, Los Blancos versus the Birds. Yeah. That's not their nickname. The Reds? Are they the Reds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Ha- how do we start this off? You know what? I'll let you do the intro for this one. I mean, there's not that much to take away from this game, if we're both <laughs> being honest. Uh, the the main takeaways are that, one, Real Madrid are undoubtedly the kings of Europe. Oh, my God. Like, the record that they have in this competition is ridiculous. And how they can just make something from nothing and to have that something be so large it's just like a testament to them yeah so for context the game started off 
2-0 for Liverpool. Yeah, in the first, like, 20 minutes. In the But slowly, as the game progressed, Real Madrid went on to score five unanswered goals. Yeah. And every player was firing on all, cylinder, yeah. all, all cylinders. And I don't know, Liverpool just looked lost at the end. Well, I mean, that's just been Liverpool this entire season. Yeah. Where they've just looked lost. They haven't been able to control the midfield for a large majority of their games. They're just the red Chelsea, honestly. Yeah. yeah in a way. Really or at least they're not 10th in the standings. Yeah. They're only 8th. But, I mean, that's because they just got bailed out by Nick Pope <laughs> um, against uh, Newcastle earlier in the, le- the week. Yeah. I mean... So we call this the pinnacle of football or soccer because the uh, first goal is <laughs> an error by the goalkeeper, right? No, the second goal for Liverpool was an error by Courtois. And then yeah. also the second goal for Madrid was an error by Allison. Yeah, so if you were a goalkeeper for either of those teams, you don't really feel that great after that game. Well, I mean, I mean, Allison conceded five goals. Yeah, I mean, but besides that, just the... The goal goalie errors that doesn't happen in UCL, does it? I don't know. No, you never usually see it by both keepers in the same yeah. game. It was really funny, and I was like, "There's no way this is real. <laughs> There's no way this is happening in real time." Yeah, it was. It was definitely very strange, and it was kind of funny because um, if you were watching the game, then after the Courtois mistake, every time that Real Madrid would pass back to him. You'd hear like the Liverpool fans getting really rowdy <laughs> and start like yelling at him, but then after Allison made his mistake, um, and Courtois got the ball passed back to him, you didn't really hear it as much. Yeah, yeah, that tends to happen sometimes. It was pretty funny, right. but uh, as a Liverpool fan, I gotta say, like, that I was more fun. surprised that Liverpool had a two nil lead than the fact that they conceded five goals. <laughs> Which is quite the statement, but... Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we predicted that it was going to be pretty easy for Real Madrid. Yeah. Which it was. But looking around at the rest of the games, uh, it was PSG had a... No, no, no. Uh, Bayern Munich had a pretty... Had a win over PSG, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bayern won over PSG. I think that was the, like, the other notable game, right? Yeah. I heard it was really boring. I didn't end up watching that game because yeah. I was busy doing other stuff, but... um. It really wasn't super entertaining. Yeah, the, it didn't the seem like I missed so much. The Tottenham Macy Milan game was a little more fun. Yeah. Uh, but down in the Europa League, I want to mention the match that happened today between uh, FC Barcelona and Manchester United. Yes, Europa League. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that game either, but so it came in with the aggregate score. Barcelona was leading Man United two one, which means. United had to score at least two goals to win the entire thing. In the first half, Barcelona scored, and it was looking pretty doomed if you were a United supporter. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I had to look away because uh, we're doing a lot of preparation for a project for one of our classes right now. Mm-hmm. But I looked back, and suddenly it's 2-1 to one United, and they had just scored before extra time started. And ba- Barcelona could never get a, like a foot on the ball. So, yeah, I made... Barcelona's out of the Europa League. Manchester United moves on. Again, We I think we sung their praises in a previous episode, but Manchester United has really turned their season around. They absolutely Everyone have. was dunking on them in the beginning, and then Ronaldo left, and then they suddenly were like a good team. 
coincidence. I don't really want to get into this debate, <laughs> but well, I mean, the reasons for Manchester United's like uprising so far, like over the or after the World Cup break, is not solely down to Marcus Rashford. Mm-hmm. Marcus Rashford, um, but you know he has definitely played a large part in it, scoring in almost every game since yeah. the restart. You know he's crazy. Yeah, he's in, in incredible form right now, and you know just like. I will admit that I'm I at least was a Marcus Rashford hater. I used to think that he was super overrated. Uh-huh. But now like this entire yeah. season, not just like after the World Cup break, but just like this entire season from when I've watched him play, he's looked extremely dangerous. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately I was wrong, but you know, I'm happy for him cuz he's a great guy. Yeah. You can just like a cub, but like a player. And that's mm-hmm. that's what we do here. All right. So that player is crazy, right? Rashford's yeah. crazy. You know what else is crazy? What else is crazy? The new MLS playoff format. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we're transitioning over to the MLS. So a bombshell news that was rumored for a while was dropped oh. just recently. Mm-hmm. The MLS is having a major playoff format change. You want to br- uh, bring us through the original, the, what we've had uh, for the past few years? Well, the thing is, MLS changes their playoff format way too much already. So the fact that they're introducing another change right now is already crazy. They just, yeah. honestly, I feel like a lot of people have the sentiment of just stick with one. Just stop changing it at this point. Because mm-hmm. like a couple years ago, we had the two-leg playoff format format similar to the Champions League. And then uh, this past season, it was like the second or third season where they've had um, first round buys and single elimination games. And then people were like, okay, yeah, this is made for some exciting games. Yeah, and how now many, stick with it. How many teams was that? It was, I believe, well, COVID was a special year where they uh, included more teams, where I think 10 teams from each conference made the playoffs. Yeah. And then they had play-in games, um, which be- was interesting. I it was this past year was 10 teams in total, right? This past year, I believe, was 14. 14? Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, where they had the initial round where they had two through seven play against each other. And then the winners of the the lowest seed would play the first round or the first seed, et cetera, et cetera, similar to like the NFL playoffs. Yeah. And so now the new format that they're proposing. So remember, we're going from 14 teams out of 28 out of 28 into 18 out of 29. Which is ridiculous. So basically, we were talking about this. Okay, no, that's ten teams that don't make it out of the entire league. Eleven teams that don't make it. That's sixty-two percent of the league will make it into the playoffs. (laughs) Which means it'll take more effort to miss out on the playoffs than it will to make it. Yeah, in some cases. And then, no, but there are also like changes to like the structure of the brackets, where now there's going to be a best of three series only for the opening round of the playoffs, which is like one, the best of three series is already a horrible idea Two, Why are you only applying it to one round of the playoff? That just doesn't make sense. And also soccer. Yeah. yeah. To add on to that in those best of three games, no draws are allowed. So if a game, yeah, 
if a game ends tied at uh during the best of three series after the 90 minutes then they go into extra time and or penalties the hell yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> and then not only that but there is a special play-in game for eight and nine seeds um similar to like the nba playoffs where the lowest seeds have to play an extra game in order to play against a certain team in the playoffs that's strange but that play-in game is only a one-off. It's a single elimination. What the fuck? So you go from, if you're like an eight seed, you go from playing one game against a nine seed to playing three games against presumably a one or a two seed, depending on if they still keep the bye. And then you go back to single elimination for conference semifinals and finals, which, wh- what? What are they thinking? Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, they're they're. It's out there. It yeah, it's out it there. definitely is. I there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm down for. Okay, I I like the idea of the two leg format. A lot more than the single game elimination, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think this is a little much, though. Best of three with no draws. I mean, okay, I agree. I don't like draws in professional like playoffs, whatever. Yeah. That's me. However, if you're switching to the two-leg format, I think that's a little more allowable, I guess. Mm-hmm. And plus, soccer is such an intensive game, you know. It's not like other sports where, I don't know. It's it's a lot more intensive, I feel, on like just the human body. Yeah. So, which is why it's a lot more of it. There's more discussion around player exertion mm-hmm. with like the current like schedules, and you know, and then like playing so many games and yeah, whatever. It's it's a lot more apparent the effect it has on the players in this game. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing best of threes, so in theory, so how many rounds is this? So I believe that they would have the initial round. Well, like I said earlier, they would have a play-in round for the eight and nines. Then they would go on to the first round, so to speak, which would, and then probably what, since there would be eight teams. So that would be quarterfinals for the first round. And then second round would be semifinals. Third round would be conference conference finals. And then the MLS cup final. So in short, they can play a maximum of 15 games, potentially. So that's five rounds, right? If I'm not mistaken. Because um, you got the plan, the first round, the semifinals, the conference, and then the finals. Yeah, but the only round that would have a best of three would be the round one or the quarterfinals. God, this is confusing. Yeah. Never no mind. Kidding. I had a point I was going to make about like the time they're going to be playing. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's... Okay. You know, I know they make... It's a big part of their branding to show this is our soccer. You know, we are a unique league. We're different than the European clubs or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think this is the way you need to be unique, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I like that we have a playoff format here in America Mm -hmm. because I really don't like the way that they do title deciders in, in Europe. Oh, I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. I think that it gives a much better picture of who was the best team over the course of the entire season rather than, you know, who's hot at a certain time. All right. 
But yeah, because I was raised on American sports, um, I like playoff formats. I think that's a true test. Like, if you know me, uh, you'll know that hockey for me, playoff hockey, is the best sports experience you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the the hardest trophy to to earn. And I think it's also the best trophy, Loki. Hockey. <laughs> this isn't about hockey. Yeah. Uh, so I really like trophies that make you work for it. Uh, not to say that you don't work for it in the regular season, but I, I don't know. I just like the idea of playoffs. Just for me, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like that whole, you know, any given Sunday type of deal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not discounting the playoff format that America has. Because, you know, it does come with its own skills mm-hmm. that need to be mastered in order to win. Um, but I'm just saying, if you're looking at a reflection of the season and who was the best team, you more often than not do not get that with American-style playoff format. Yeah. And while it does lead to very exciting games, and, you know, I'm okay with that because I like to watch exciting games just like everyone else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm just saying that there needs to be an emphasis on like best team in the league rather than yeah. just who wins it all at the end. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, it's a real head scratcher. I, I, I don't know. It's yeah. whatever you think. Sure. I mean, it's definitely, I'll give them props for trying something out there, but perhaps this is not the great direction. I've seen a lot of, like, discourse saying this pretty much devalues entirely the regular season, which kind of. I agree. So, yeah. yeah. And also, since there's, another point is just that there's so many teams in MLS already, and they're actually thinking of adding a 30th, <laughs> which is crazy um, for a soccer league, because, you know, most leagues go up to 20, and that's about it. So, I mean, honestly, if they want to just keep adding teams, they might as well just split it up into two leagues. And without, like, promotion relegation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was kind of a negative segment. Yeah. So I figure we should do a short segment at the end and talk about the new kits in the MLS. Yes. Because not only are the the season about to start, uh, what day does it start? Uh, It starts this Saturday. This Saturday in LAFC plays yes against la galaxy yep in the that, newest edition of el trafico i hate that name i think it's so funny god i hate that why do you hate it oh my god it's so dumb no but that's the point it's not supposed to be serious it's yeah because mls isn't a serious league okay okay <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> uh the New Jersey's got released. And I know I said we wanted to make this a more positive segment, but I feel like we should start with the with the jerseys we don't like. Okay. So I would say the two jerseys that I absolutely hate the most are Austin and Toronto. Yeah. And those just happen to be like major rivals of like my my two favorite teams that I support in MLS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really dislike the uh, New York Red Bulls. I don't know. It's just, it looks like mold. It's just, blech. Yeah, blech. no. The Red Bulls one is definitely pretty ugly. Uh, the Austin one is also pretty shit. I mean, it looks like a barcode and not in a good <laughs> way. There's a way to do like a multi width stripe, stripe design, not stripe. Uh, like FC Barcelona did that last year, I believe it was actually, or two years ago. Yeah. And it, it looks pretty nice. Honestly, I have to say, this is not how you do it. Well, no. 
I think the the thing that I liked about the Barcelona kit that you're talking about is that it was just like a reflection of the badge onto the jersey because yeah. it had like the cross on one uh, side of the chest. It had the Catalan stripes on the other side of the chest. And then it had the blue and red stripes yeah. on the stomach. I mean, yeah, there's a way to do that kind of different width stripe design. This yeah. is not how you do it. This is yeah. how you not do it. Well, also, like, it has no association to Austin. Like, the Barca yeah. kit had meaning because it was from the crest. This Austin kit, it's they're just doing it to be different. It's got it's got green and black. I don't know what you mean. That's... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like those two. And, yeah, I mean... Yeah, but on the flip side, there's a lot of good kits, honestly. Yes. There's a lot of kits that I really do enjoy. Um, I'm going to start off with this. Yeah. I like Portland's a lot. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of a flannel or like kind of a blanket kind of thing. That's exactly it what they're going soft. for. soft. Yeah. And I really, I vibe with it a lot, actually. Well, it's also just a great reflection of the city of yeah. Portland, you know, because they got that whole like flannel based kind of look vibe to them. And we should know because we're like two hours from there. Well, less than that. Oh. Like an hour and a half. Oh. Well, yeah. You know. But no, I, I love how it like reflects the vibe of the city mm-hmm. as well. Because yeah. Portland, besides all like the recent controversies about the current ownership, mm-hmm. they've always seemed like a club that's uh, very in touch with their supporters yeah. and with the city as a whole. Yeah. I mean, based on what I've heard, it's a it's a club that reflects the city and I vibe with that. Uh I also really like the FC Charlotte, Charlotte FC, whatever it is. Yeah, Charlotte FC. Uh, it's very simplistic. You know, we, we comment on, wow, we just don't like single colored shirts or whatever. I don't know. it. Well, I like single colored shirts. It just has to be tasteful. Yeah, it has to work. And this works. It does. The it, it's been described as the wild berry pop. Pop-Tart, yeah. Pop-Tart? Yeah, because it looks like the, the flavor of Pop-Tart that's, like, wild berry flavored since it's got that, like, perp- that darker purple with, like, the, um, I don't know, I guess, like, light bright blue. baby bluish. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, they got, like, a little subtle design on the shirt where they got, like, little crowns. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Since uh, Charlotte is the queen city, I believe. That's I their know. That's the city's nickname. I don't know, but what I like about it is that it's one of two purple teams, purple mm-hmm. clubs, and they really showcase that. I mean, Orlando's is also really nice, but yeah. I, don't know, I like this one a lot more. It also reminds me of Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> we, we won't get into that. Yeah. And we, we, we can't not mention the uh, Seattle Sounders kit. Yeah. I mean, that is a great looking I mean, kit. If I were to look at it immediately, I wouldn't immediately think it's Sounders Neither would because I, it doesn't have their green at yeah. all. My first thought was that it was a Real Salt Lake kit. But because it, because you can't see it right now, it's it's red and yellow. Yeah. And that's an homage to Bruce Lee, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe is it Bruce Lee. It is Bruce Lee. Or is it? And I think it's specifically Chan. supposed to be based off of uh, Enter the Dragon. One of his most famous movies that he starred in. Yeah, because it has a big, like, dragon design on the front. Yeah, it's kind of, like, scaly almost. And it just, like, looks like there's a dragon on the shirt. It it actually it looks really nice. It's super unique. And the fact that it has a tie to the city as well. Yes. It's just, like, the cherry on top. Because, like, when I first saw it, I was like, 
Bruce Lee? Yes, Bruce Lee. On a Seattle kit? What? Yeah, and then I did a single Google search, and it turns out that he actually went to University of Washington to mm-hmm. finish his education, and he met his wife in yeah. Seattle. So, yeah, he has a pretty big ties to the city. Uh, I think some people that are more knowledgeable about that are going to be like, duh, <laughs> idiots. Oh, well, yeah, but, I mean, Bruce Lee was most popular decades ago, and, like, we don't, I don't have that much involvement with Seattle. Like, yeah. I know you have friends up there, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a nice-looking kit regardless. It's a great-looking kit. Great kit. I mean, a lot of the kits are nice. A few more highlights that we should touch up on. Uh, I'm going to mouse over the kit, and I want Alex to uh, t- tell to give the like name. To thumbs-up, thumbs-down. Yeah, what about this one right here? Uh, That is the St. Louis home kit. Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Um... It reminds me of a Dortmund kit from, I think, 2014-15, where they had a block yellow on one side and then uh, almost diagonal black and yellow stripes. Interesting. Almost exactly like what they have going on here, hmm. except with the St. Louis kit, it's different shades of red. Um, but no, I like it. I yeah. think it looks pretty good, especially for like a inaugural home kit. I think oh, it's, it's their first season. Yeah, it's oh. their first season. Awesome. I All think right. it's a great way to represent themselves. Yeah, let's keep going rapid fire here. I'm just going to go through these other kits. I want you to tell me the city because I can't tell from here. Mm. And just say you like it or dislike it. Okay. All right. Boom. Uh, San Jose. Oh, my gosh. I love that one. I think, like, even though San Jose isn't a mountainy city, I love the mountainy look that it has on the shirt. And like um, how it looks like it's got like peaks and valleys. Yes. It's just, it's super creative and I really, really like it. It's a good looking kit. It is. Uh, LAFC away kit. Um, we talked about this one a lot. Um, the smoke screen kit is what they're calling it in homage to uh, what the supporter group does after they score a goal. They set off like smoke flares and stuff. I still think it looks like smog, but... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of rival fans will probably say that it's a smog screen kit or whatever. But, I mean, I like it. I think it looks really good on the players. Um, Yeah, on the pitch it looks really nice. Yeah, and one subtle detail that I really, really liked is that they changed the badge on the kit rather than from the traditional LAFC badge where it's like it's the square with um, a point at the bottom. It's, it's just the LA. Yeah. On this kit, it's just the letters LA, and I think it looks really good. All right. Uh, LA Galaxy. Carson Galaxy. Okay. Um, so this one, this is their new away jersey. Um, I love the away jersey that they had um, last year, even though wow, you're complimenting it's a galaxy. galaxy. Yeah. Um, the away jersey that they had last year was like homage to like their early 90s, early 2000s. Right. Uh, jerseys, which I liked a lot. They look really nice. And this new one that they have is uh, paying homage to the flag of the city of Los Angeles. And, you know, it's a very interesting design. It does not look like a Galaxy shirt at all. No. But um, the shade of green that they have, I kind of like. And the color and the trim around the sleeves which is just like the colors of the L.A. flag, yeah. also the flag of Senegal. 
Um, it really it does. Cameroon. It really does make it look like a uh, a kit that would be worn by the Senegalese national team. Yeah, I thought this was team. worn at the World Cup. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do two more. Okay. All right. Actually, I'm gonna do three more. Boom. Okay. Just rapid fire. Ooh, Minnesota United away kit. I did Unfinished. not like it. It looks like they were in the middle of painting a mural, and then they got caught by the cops, and they had to stop painting the mural. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Manchester City, uh, New York City. <laughs> the NYCFC home kit. It's supposed to be like tiles, like Subway, because you know they're the they're the team from New York. Um, that whole gimmick. I don't like it because it's the logo of the club or the club crest, like made out of tiles. That's just like super big on the shirt, and that's the entire design. That's the design. Yeah, I just thought it was, it looks like Manchester City's kit. Yeah, well, I mean it's the same color, but yeah. I just I don't like it. Yeah. I think it looks bad. All right, and one more, boom, Chicago Fire. Okay, I know that we have different um, opinions and this on this is shirt. Why I'm over it. Um, the Chicago Fire away kit, I believe, or is this their home one? I don't know. It's I don't remember. The, it's their new kit. Yeah, the new one with like the scattered arrows on yeah. the shirt. Um, it's very creative. I'll give them that. Um, and by that statement, you can probably tell which way I'm leaning towards this jersey. Mm. I don't like it. I think it's an unorganized mess that would look better as a training shirt rather than an actual like jersey that you would wear almost every week. And because of that, it's like, and also like the central crest. I've never been a huge fan of that. It's grown on me because LAFC won MLS oh, Cup okay. in a central crest kit, but um, this one I just I don't vibe with it. Yeah, I've still yet to find a center badge kit that I fully vibe with. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I like it a lot. I don't know. I think it's kind of funny because uh, you can do special promotion uh, one night. You give it, every fan in attendance some 3D glasses so you can see them like really pop in your face. That would be really know. funny <laughs> if that was if they actually had like a separate design that kinda, you could see. It kind of looks like that. I don't know. All right, well. That was our quick rundown of the new MLS kits. We broke a new record again for episode length. Yeah, but an hour, 10 minutes. This is pretty good. I like this. Yeah. Because we, uh, we finally have enough to talk about to make substantial episode lengths. That's true. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Yep. Uh, w- next week, we have, we'll have a lot more news to share, maybe. I don't know really where I'm going with this intro. Uh, y- you. Um, say something yeah so hopefully you'll be back to join us next week we'll talk about more soccer we'll talk about more uh f1 news that comes up whatever happens um and you know as a final send-off uh one hopefully Dortmund continue their 2023 form where they win all of their games two good luck to lafc this weekend playing against uh the carson galaxy, LA galaxy. in the rose bowl la galaxy uh on saturday at 6 30 p.m i will be rooting from up here in oregon and hopefully they start the season off on the right note as defending champs and all i'm gonna say is because you just send off now i have to do a send off okay uh chelsea please don't lose against tottenham Please beat Tottenham. I, I hope that Chelsea beats Tottenham as well. <laughs> Please beat Tottenham. And Inter, keep keep beating in form. All right. Well, that was our episode. Yep. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.